That was the voice of Ronald Reagan. And um, I want to share a few more quotes from Ronald Reagan this morning. It says, May 26, 1983. I don't have to tell you how fragile this precious gift of freedom is. Every time we hear, watch, or read the news, we're reminded that liberty is a rare commodity in this world. May 31st, 1982. The United States and the freedom for which it stands, the freedom for which they died, must endure and prosper. Their lives remind us that freedom is not bought cheaply. It has a cost. It imposes a burden. And just as they whom we remember were willing to sacrifice, so too we must, in a less final, less heroic way, be willing to give of ourselves. May 25th, 1981. Today, the United States stands as a beacon of liberty and strength before the community of the nations. We're resolved to stand firm against those who would destroy the freedoms we cherish. We are determined to achieve an enduring peace, a peace with liberty and with honor. This determination, this resolve is the highest tribute we can pay to the many who have fallen in the service of our nation. We owe this freedom of choice and action to those men and women in uniform who serve this nation in its interests in time of need. In particular, we are forever indebted to those who've given their lives that we might be free. You know, today's memorial or tomorrow Memorial Day, we celebrate and we remember men and women who have given their lives, given their lives. And one of the things that I love that he said in there, you know, they really died two lives. It was the life, you know, they gave on the line, but it's the life that they would have lived as well. And today, you know, we all in this room, we enjoy the freedoms we have to go to the bathroom, right, when we want, to do all the little things that we want to do, to go to school, to go to college, all the little things that we enjoy every single day. And, and uh, you know, in other parts of the world, they just don't have that freedom that we have here today. And we have the freedom we have here today, one, because of God, but two, because men and women decided, I will give my life to fight, to stand, and even sacrifice myself so that you, so that me, so that we all could be free. You know, and it's, it's also a reminder, too, as we look at this story and we talk about Memorial Day, that, you know, the Christians, we serve in the same way that the people in the armed services do. Men and women have given their lives for this, for this Bible right here. They have given their life for God. And, and there is no greater freedom than spiritual freedom in itself. There is absolutely no freedom that comes close to being spiritually free. Nothing, nothing at all. And men and women who have given their life, they have paid so that this, this message, so that this story would continue to speak on and on and on. And how, what is the greatest way to remember people? It's by talking about it. If you have your Bibles this morning, we're going to go to John chapter 14. And we're going to start in verse 15. This morning I am reading out of the New Living Translation. And Jesus said, if you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he'll give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you soon. The world will no longer see me. But you will see me. 
Since I live, you also will live. And since I live, you also will live. When I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Verse 21. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them. I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. Judas, not Judas Iscariot, but the other disciple with that name said to him, Lord, why are you going to reveal yourself only to us and not to the world at large? And Jesus replied, verse 23, all who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them, and we will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I'm telling you is from the Father who sent me. And last few verses, verse 25. I'm telling you these things now while I'm still with you. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything, everything. And he will remind you of everything that I have told you. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. The peace I give you, it's a gift that the world cannot give. Don't be troubled or afraid. Remember what I told you, I'm going away, but I will come back to you again. If you really love me, you would be happy that I'm going to the Father who is greater than I am. I've told you these things before they happen so that when they do happen, you will believe. And so this morning we break down this, this story and picture. My title today is called Preparing for the Final Test. And how many of us have, and I don't know, some of us are like test geeks where like tests, we always pass them, no problem. We study, our, we have a you know, really good memory, we can read, we can just soak in all the information. So tests are never scary. We are fully prepared all the time. Take the test, tests are awesome, right? What has prepped you for the test of life? What prepped you as a kid to grow up and become an adult for every single test that you would face as an adult? What are the things that you learned from 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 18, 19, 20? What are all the things you learned through all the ages? What are the things that prepped you mentally, physically, spiritually for every single test that we face in life? Because how many of us know... We definitely face tests. How many of us have gone through things that are just extremely difficult and extremely hard? What prepped you and how did you deal with every single difficult situation? You know, it's through difficult situations that we see the character of a man and a woman. It is a tough situation that we see a faith in the heart of a person. Do, do we under grave circumstances, under things that are really difficult, just give in and just drop our life because it's just too tough and we just can't handle it anymore? The past few years, this year, this next year, who knows, only God, what's going to happen next. But one thing is for sure, how do you handle what God puts right in front of you? How have we handled the past few years? How are we handling today? And how are we going to handle our future? Jesus, he starts by saying, if you love me, turn to your neighbor and say, do you love me? Do you love me, neighbor? Do you love me? Just need you to say that so I can get a sip of coffee. He said, if you love me, what did he say? If you love me, obey my commands. If you love me, Obey my 
commands. That word commands there means an authoritative prescription, a commandment, a precept. What are his commands? Jesus broke it down really easy. Two, his two most important commands, Mark 12, 28. He says, the most important commandment is this. Listen, the Lord our God is one. The Lord our God is one and only. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And the second commandment, equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. And no other commandment is greater than these two commandments. He said, if you love me, you will keep my commands. If you love me. Show me you love me. Don't tell me you love me. Show me you love me. And you're going to show me you love me by keeping those two commands. Loving God with all of our heart, our soul, which means the very breath of life that is in us. Our mind, all of our thoughts, our strength, all of our muscle, and every single thing that is within us. And loving our neighbor as we love our own selves. Most of us in here, probably we all love our own selves, Right? Is everybody, do we, do we cherish our own, our own beings and everything that we are? Jesus said, love it, your neighbor, just like you love yourself. Revelation 2, 4 says this. Jesus describes love, and he says, if I, there was one thing, and he's speaking to a specific church. He said, if there was one thing I could complain about, you don't love me as much as you used to. You don't love me as much as you used to. As Jesus is talking about love, and he's talking about obeying his commands, and as we think about love, and we think about how wide, and we think about how deep, and what exactly is he asking us, the first thing that comes to my mind is to keep that love burning bright every single day. When God came into your life, when God came into your heart, mind, and soul, Jesus said, I want you to love me every single day to its fullest. Now, if you're married, that's what you would want from your spouse as well, right? If you're parents and you have kids, that's what you would hope that your kids do, that they love you every single day, right? But God Almighty, the Creator, He said, listen, I don't want this, this one thing. It bothers me. If you love somebody, you want to learn what to do, something that, that doesn't bother them, right? You want to learn the things that, that they like, right? When you're in love and you're, you're married and you have a husband or a wife, don't you set your mind on doing things that are sweet, kind, and wonderful. And if they have a pet peeve, then you do everything you possibly can to not do that. There's one thing that God says, and it comes to love. I want your love to be vibrant for me every single day. How do we do that? How do we keep our love passionate and vibrant for God every single day? How do we keep that, that passion and that burning and that excitement every single day? You know, a lot of times, how many of us know that our bodies, the energy and the excitement level in which we live every day, it really starts a lot of times by our diet. Your energy level. Your mental fatigue and your mental clearness, there's so many things. Your stomach dictates so many things that are in your life 24-7. What you put in, obviously we know, is what comes out. But 
What you put into your body, it is the thing that drives your mental mind. It is the thing that drives your energy. And so spiritually, if we are feeding ourselves properly, if we're going to love God vibrantly every single day, then we must feed ourselves spiritually to what, what God is asking us to, what is good for us, right? How many of us know that if we were to put a nice filet mignon with a little demi-glace in front of us with a few roasted potatoes with fresh garlic and herbs, that's, that's pretty good, right? Or if I was to take some Oreo cookies and a glass of milk, some of us would be torn. Some of us would want the Oreos with milk. Others would want the filet mignon, of course, with a little demi-glace sauce and roasted potatoes with herbs and garlic. Me too, a little bit. Spiritually, to keep your love burning bright for him, it starts with how you feed yourself spiritually. Every single day, waking up first thing in the morning, what do you choose to feed yourself with spiritually? And if you're feeding and surrounding yourself with thoughts of God, then it's going to come out in the way that you love him. Revelations 3.15 says, I know every single thing that you do, hot nor cold and warm. God is, this is, this is, uh, this is the, one of the greatest things about God, right? God doesn't like lukewarm love. He likes hot, passionate love, right? He likes to see his kids excited. He likes to get us, he likes to get us all riled up and excited for him and all that he's done. God likes excitement. God likes passion. He created it. And the kind of love that he's asking us to have, it's the kind of love that he needs us to have. It's the kind of love that he has for us. It's not, it's not cold. It's not warm. It burns bright and hot. And God loves us so much today more than he did yesterday. Because his love continues to grow. And it is so reckless. And it is so passionate. Because he loves and cares about you, and he loves and cares about me. How does our love speak in our life? How does the love that we have for life, every one of us loves something or someone. Every one of us in this room, we love something or someone. And usually what we love is what we speak about. The very things that drive us every single day. John 13, 34 says, I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. One of the number one things that he asks of us in our love life is to show the world love. And how you show the world love will determine who you belong to. I'm married to Kim Weigel. We've been married for 25 and a half years. If I've been married to her... But if I was to talk about another lady every single day, what would you all think? You would think that I don't belong even though I'm married or I don't love my wife even though I'm married. That's how God looks at his children. That's how God looks at us. Love is so powerful. Love determines and shows who you belong to. The things that we talk about, and yes, we have to talk about work, right? We have to, we have to do that four-letter little, four word, right? Work. We all have to work, and we all have to pay bills, and there's things that we have to get done every single day. 
But if life itself takes away from the love that we have for people, if life itself takes away from the love that we should have for one another, if life itself speaks so loud to every one of us and it is killing and it is silencing and it is deafening love, then it shows what's really important to us, life or God. Jesus said the world will know who you belong to by one thing, how you love. We started off by Jesus saying, if you love me, you're going to obey my commands. And what does that love look like? It's love that continues to grow and it's vibrant every single day. Love that God expects to be hot and passionate and reckless. Love that speaks so loud, it shows I belong to only one and I belong to him. And if you're married, you belong to the person who's next to you. Love speaks of who we belong to. The greatest, one of the greatest pictures of love is marriage. How many of us can remember our wedding vows? How many of us can remember, you know, the day that we got married? Kim and I got married on Christmas Day. And I can remember, well, I really can't remember every single vow, but I do remember some of the vows. You know, that day has, you have so many butterflies and you're so excited when you get married and then you're so nervous and, and so many things that are happening on a, on a wedding day, right? And then Christmas Day and all those things that are happening. But, you know, marriage itself takes two people coming together. The Bible says in the very beginning, God says, I created man and I created woman. He says to leave father or mother, to leave every single life, to leave everything that you lived up to that point. And when you become married, you give all of your former life away to now join yourself to one person. Kind of symbolism just as being a Christian. When you decide to ask Jesus into your life, you say, I'm leaving my former life, everything I used to be, and I'm now joining myself to Christ and all that he wants me to be. Marriage is this great picture. Love, commitment, sacrifice, loyalty, faithfulness, all of those things. And in love in itself. Jesus, if you love me, you will obey me with every single thing that we have. There's a few other things that he points out in this story. And there's really just two things that I wanted to point out from the scripture today. One is love, and then secondly, we're going to get to in a minute. But in between the two things I want to talk about, Jesus said, since I live, you also would live. Jesus said, since I live, since I created you, since I lived for you, since I died for you, but I was also resurrected for you. And so because I live, you also can live. You can choose to be alive every single day. He said, accept my commands, obey my commands. And those who accept, those who obey, he said, those are the only ones I'm going to reveal myself to. Those who accept my commands, those who obey my commands, those are the only ones I'm going to reveal myself to. He said, those who love and obey me, the Father and I will come and dwell among you. Jesus said also, he says, he's going to leave us with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And he said, this peace, no one else can give you the type of peace that I have to give you. No one else can give you peace. How many of us know our world is looking for peace today? There is so much hatred. There is so much bitterness. There's so much fighting. There are so many grotesque things going on all, over, all around the world. People are desperate for peace. People are looking for hope. People are looking for solutions. They're really looking for Jesus. So Jesus goes on. And I'm going to read now from the Amplified Version. And this morning, 
as I read this, is really just to prep and prepare for what happens next week. But John 14, 16, Jesus describes someone. And he says, I'm going to ask the Father, and he's going to give you another comforter. He's going to be a counselor. He's going to be a helper. He's going to be your intercessor, advocate, your strengthener, and the person who will stand by you, that he may remain with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Take this to heart because it does not see. No one can see him or know, recognize him. But you will know him and you will recognize him for he lives with you constantly and he will be in you. The comforter, the counselor, the helper, the intercessor, the advocate, the strengthener, the one who will stand by you, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, in my place to represent me and act on my behalf. He will teach you all things. He will cause you to recall. He will remind you of to bring to your remembrance everything that I have told you. I love the Amplified Version how it breaks this down. But when the comforter, the counselor, the helper, the advocate, the intercessor, the one who can strengthen you and stand by, the one who I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of the truth who precedes us, who goes before the Father, he himself will testify regarding me. You also will testify and be my witnesses because I have been with you since the beginning. The Holy Spirit. Jesus, if you remember a couple weeks ago, we started talking about Jesus and this last few, the principles that he was teaching, the, the stories, and he was serving, and he got down on his knees, and he got dirty to wash his disciples' feet, and he says, I serve you, now you go serve one another. We're sharing some of his last messages and the things that happened before he died, before he rose again. And seven weeks after resurrection, there's a special day that comes up, which is called the day of... Pentecost. The disciples in between resurrection and Pentecost really had no idea what was going on. They still were confused. They still didn't really know. And so Jesus described to them, he was prepping them, he was preparing them for everything that was about to happen. Jesus was describing carefully all the things that they would hear, all the things that they would see. And he described to them in good detail, listen, I am leaving you. But I'm leaving you for a good reason, because there is someone, and as the Amplified Version sets it, he is someone who can be your counselor, your helper, your advocate, someone who will intercede for you, strengthen you, someone who will stand by you and never, ever leave you. I'm leaving you because I'm sending you someone who will help. For all of us, as we listen, just like the disciples, they probably sat back and said, okay, sounds good, right? Okay, wonderful. They had no idea. They had no idea what the Holy Spirit, they had no idea what was going to happen. They really still didn't even get the whole story with Jesus. They didn't really get his life yet at this point. All these things that he told them, all the prep, all the preparation, all these things. In Acts 1-8, where Jesus said, you're going to receive power and an ability and efficiency and a might. As the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive an ability and efficiency and a might when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Then you will be my witnesses. They stood waiting. They stood listening. But yet they fully didn't understand. They stood there listening and spending so much time with Jesus. But they still didn't fully get it. And he was explaining to him, this is the most important thing that you need to hear. This is the absolute number one thing that you need to listen to. The thing that you need to remember. There is something, someone coming who is just for you. There is something that is bigger than you. And he's big and he's powerful. There is something that is about to happen. 
Paul describes Galatians 5.16. He says, but I say I walk and live by habit in the Holy Spirit, responsive to, controlled, guided by the Spirit. Then you certainly know how to not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the desires of the flesh are opposed. They're opposed to the Holy Spirit. The desires of the Spirit are opposed to the flesh. Godless human nature. For those who... These things oppose each other, continually withstanding and in conflict with each other, so that you are not free to be prevented from doing what your desires to do. Paul goes on in verse 22. He says, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, which the work, which is presence within, it accomplishes love, joy, gladness, peace, peace, patience, even temper, uh, an even temper, forbearance, kindness, goodness, benevolence, faithfulness, gentleness, meekness, humility, self-control, self-restraint, self restraint. And so this morning, as we think about the story, my title again was Prepping for the Final Test. The disciples in this story were getting ready to face something far bigger and far greater than themselves. They joined up. They signed up, just like men and women join to sign in the military, and they give their life to serve this country. The disciples, when Jesus said, hey, come follow me, they gave their life, and they said, I'm leaving my nets, I'm leaving my job, I'm leaving my career. Jesus, to now follow you, three and a half years, and they saw many great things. There were so many awesome and amazing things, the miracles, the love, the compassion, the wonderful things that Jesus did, the things that their, their minds couldn't comprehend, and they had questions, and why would Jesus do this, and why would Jesus love this person, and why would Jesus be like that? Jesus died, and now they're in this waiting period all over again. He said the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, turn your neighbor and say the Holy Spirit. Spiritually, if we have an open book test, if the Holy Spirit produces inside of us love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control, every day when we fail and make mistakes, what does that say? We're failing the test. If it's an open book test, if God has given all of this, if he prepped, he's prepared us, he's spoken it out to the world, if the Holy Spirit produces power, ability, this Holy Spirit, the one thing that he gives us power and ability to do is to be the witness for God, to be the ambassador to God, to go out and to share this love, the greatest thing that we do, the greatest thing that we do. So when we don't have peace, that means there's the absence of what? His Spirit. If we don't have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and Paul describes it because there's two things at war, your flesh and the Holy Spirit. They're at war with each other. They don't like each other. All of us in this room, we're good people. We are good people. But yet how many of us still choose to do bad things and say bad things? Because in those times we walk into, not into the spirit, but we're walking in our flesh. Jesus prepped them for the final test. And when they passed this final test, things exploded in the lives of the disciples. This final thing, this open book test that prepared them for every single thing, when they embraced it, when they were consumed by it, when they embraced every single thing that they were about to, as we see next Sunday, everything changed in their life. There was power. There was shaking. When they prayed, the walls shook. The ground moved. When these guys got together and prayed, every single day, things were happening. Things were crazy. Peter walking by, sick people, his shadow. 
shadow healing sick people. Not having to do anything, but the shadow, his very, the very essence, just the shadow itself, touching a sick person, being healed instantly. How? Because at this point, they finally passed what? The final test. They passed the open book. They passed the final test. And so this morning, as we get ready to land the plane, turn to your neighbor and say, we're going to land the plane. Every single thing we do is based on just this one thing. Every single thing that from this point in life, no matter if we have a month, two months, one year, five years, 20 years, no matter how much we have to live, there is one thing, there is one thing that is really, 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 really important. Luke 12.10 says this, everyone who makes a statement or speaks a word against the Son of Man, Jesus, it will be forgiven. But he who blasphemies against the Holy Spirit, that is, whoever intentionally comes short of the reverence due to the Holy Spirit, it will never, ever be forgiven. Never. For him, there'll be no forgiveness. And the word that Jesus was using in the language, he said, those who blaspheme the Holy Spirit will never, ever, 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 ever be forgiven. Why? If you fail to listen to the Holy Spirit, you're never going to be saved. If you fail to listen to the Holy Spirit, you're never going to have the power of God. If you fail to listen to the Holy Spirit and embracing the Holy Spirit, you're not going to hear the voice. Why do people get in horrible, horrific accidents? Because they're not listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Why are so many bad things happening around the world? People are not listening to the voice of God. They're listening to the noise of life. The Holy Spirit who Jesus described as your counselor. He prays for you. He, he's there to represent God to you. He is this powerful thing that when you accept into your life and you allow the Holy Spirit to take over your life, it will drastically change everything. And without it, and without the Holy Spirit, what are we doing? We're just living life. We're just living life. God's not done with you yet. God has a purpose. God has a plan. And it's not just to sit. And it's not just to do this. And it's not just to do good things. Our purpose is the gospel of Jesus Christ. As Christians, as believers, God has put us here for a very powerful thing. And it is to share the message of Jesus Christ. It is to share the good news. And it is to lead people to our Father in heaven. That's it. Everything in life, it hangs on this one thing, and that is, are you filled with the Holy Spirit this morning? Are you letting him fill you? Or is the noise of life so loud that you're too busy, too busy to allow him into your daily life? How many of us could use a little more blessing? How many of us could use a few more answers? Remember what we started with? If you're not feeding yourself spiritually with good food, it's hard to love him vibrantly every single day. And if we're not listening and feeding ourselves with the vibrancy and the good things of God, the goodness, and life is so loud. How many of us know as soon as you turn on that TV, as soon as you turn on the radio, as soon as you go on YouTube, wherever you go, the noise is really extremely loud. And I think for many of us, it's become so loud that we're not hearing one voice. And Jesus said, it's the ignorance, it's the ignoring of that one voice 
that will kill you. Never to be forgiven because you don't listen. So how important is it to listen? As parents, how many of us, we try to teach our kids, you're going to listen to me or else? How many of us as parents, you will listen to my rules, my regulations. I want you to listen to every single thing that I have, right? Listening to the Holy Spirit this morning, asking, listening, making it the priority of every one of our days. God, stop the noise. God, and fill me again with your Holy Spirit. Jesus said, how many of us as, as good parents know how to give good gifts, right? How many of us as we celebrate our kids, you know, my daughter Jayla's graduating high school this week, and she's going to, I'm sure, get a good gift from mom and dad. As good parents, we know how to give good gifts. And Jesus said, how much more do I know how to give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So what does he say? All we have to do is what? Ask. All we have to do is stop. God, life is loud today. The bills are really loud. There's so many loud things that are making loud noises. But God, I'm stopping, and I want to make sure today, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with that power. God, allow me to stop, to be filled with all things. Two things I pointed out today that are really, really important. Love, turn to your neighbor and say love. And the big question is, the way that you love people, does it speak of the person that you know better than anybody else? The way that you love your spouse, the way that you love your kids, the way that you love strangers, does it speak of the person that you love more than anyone else? And again, I'm not perfect. I have bad days. Sometimes I'm mean to my wife and my kids, even in the same time frame, right? There are times where... I can be mean, really mean and grouchy, right? I can be good at it. How many of us have learned to be good and grouchy? But Jesus said this is the goal. Let your love speak so loud. Let your love speak so loud. Let your kindness speak so loud. Let your service speak so loud. Look, let the things that you do nice for your wife, for your husband, for your kids, let the love that is inside of you speak so loud that it shows who you belong to. And so I guess the biggest question as we close and get ready to get out of here is two things. Who do you belong to? And secondly, are you filled with the Spirit? Let's pray. With our eyes closed this morning, you know, as we're thinking of this story and we're thinking of Jesus and he's prepping his disciples for something, the greatest thing that they're about to be a part of. As Jesus was getting ready to, he was prepping them, he was preparing them, he was planting all these different seeds, love, faithfulness, goodness, kindness. Jesus was planting seeds of the Holy Spirit. Believe me, you're going to want this thing. You're going to want the Holy Spirit. When this Holy Spirit comes inside of you, watch out, dynamite, power, crazy things. Jesus was planting so many different things. He was prepping them for this final test to the day where they finally got it, to the day when they were finally filled. How many of us, as we take a step back, as we've just been listening and we're kind of thinking and we're semi-thinking and, and even our stomachs right now are somewhat doing the thinking for us, but as we're listening and we're taking a step back this morning, how many of us know and can say, my life is governed by the Spirit? It's governed by the Spirit of God. That love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, 
that love, that long-suffering, that self-control, that, yeah, that's what governs my life. And if it's not governing your life, and it's not governing my life, that simply states that we're not being filled with the right spirit. You know, there's a lot of spirits out there today. There are so many spirits. Jesus said, he talked about the end, there's going to be the spirit of the Antichrist. There's going to be this spirit, this anti-God, anti-Christ, roaming, speaking. There are so many voices out there, spirits that speak hate, that speak to be selfish, to put yourself above everybody else. There are so many spirits speaking today. And so if we're not being governed by the things that the Bible talked about, that means that we possibly could be governed by something else. And so with your eyes closed, heads bowed, two things. Jesus said all you have to do is ask. Are you being filled with his spirit? And if not, just take this moment to say, God, fill me. Fill me with my counselor. Fill me with this advocate. Fill me with the Holy Spirit who will teach, you, teach me and remind me and help me to remember all the things that are important, all the things that I need. God, fill me with the Holy Spirit this morning. God, as I wake tomorrow, fill me with the Holy Spirit tomorrow. As I go throughout my day, God, help me to remember, to be looking, to be seeking, to walking and living in the Spirit of God. God, help nothing in life, no noise, nothing take away from this one great thing, and that's being filled with you, your Holy Spirit. God, help us to live this week powerfully, God, for you. God, help us to make a choice and a difference. God, to live powerfully, to be a powerful witness for you. God, help us to find one, two, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten people this week and just share the gospel story and do everything that we can to lead them, to point them to you. God, and at the end of the day, I pray that the greatest thing that we do is love this week and let our attitudes, let our emotions, God, let our mental thoughts the way that we treat our wives, the way that we treat our husbands, the way that we treat our kids, the way that we treat everyone around us, may love show people that we belong to you. God, we give you this week. May it be great in your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.